Shapers on Jazz FM. Listen in color. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. A lovely way to start Jazz Shakers here on Jazz FM. Ella Fitzgerald, of course, and Smooth Sailor. Thank you very much for joining me, Elliot Moss, on a Saturday morning um, for another edition of Jazz Shapers, the place where you can hear the very best of the people shaping the world of jazz, soul and blues, alongside their equivalents in the world of business. And today, in fact, it's business and it's the world of philanthropy. My business shaper is Gina Miller. You haven't probably come across her yet, but you will know lots about her very, very shortly. She is both an entrepreneur and a campaigner in the world of finance and in the world of charity. We're going to be talking lots to her and about her. In addition to hearing from Gina, you'll also be hearing from our programme partners at Mishkondorea. Some words of advice for your business. And on top of all of that, the usual brilliant mix of music from the shapers of jazz, soul and blues, including Cannonball Adderley, Quincy Jones, and this from B.B. King with Tracy Chapman. That was The Thrill Is Gone from B.B. King and Tracy Chapman. As I said earlier, Gina Miller is my business shaper today and an unusual business shaper in that she is both shaping the world of business but also shaping the world of philanthropy and how we think about giving charitably, I guess. Gina, thank you very much for joining me. Wonderful to be here. (laughs) What would you say... Um, drives you. We're going to talk about all these different things that you do, and there is a bit of a list here. Um, the childcare business, the private client and private, rather private investment business, the number one ladies' investment club, the Miller Philanthropy Foundation, the True and Fair Campaign, the Goodwill Exchange. Ridiculous, and we'll come on to it. But behind all that, what, what is driving you to do all these incredible things? I think the best way to describe myself is I'm a complete misfit. I also am somebody who, if I see something that disturbs me, I can't leave it alone. I can't walk away. So throughout my walks of life, if I come across something that I think doesn't resonate as being true, then I feel I need to speak up. So in all my walks of life, that's what I do. Now, you have a few degrees as well. And, and the reason I mention that is not just because it's always impressive to hear people's degrees. It's also impressive. People haven't got them. They've gone and done other things. But it's in marketing, in human resource management and the law degree. And as I understand it, you started um, your life in BMW back in 1985 in the events department. Is this correct? Yes, I seem to have been attracted to male-dominated industries for whatever (laughs) reason, but uh, possibly because as a woman, I think you can add an awful lot if you're prepared to to speak up and to actually bring about change. So it wasn't a conscious decision, but I seem to have gravitated towards ones that have been traditionally very male-dominated. But literally within a decade, though, you'd set your own business up, and the first business, if I'm, if I'm right, was called Sway. And a financial services, um, a financial services business, in, in, in what sense, or what were you actually doing for them? 
It was all about timing. In the early 90s, a lot of the life companies wanted to launch asset management businesses because they saw them as cash cows. And here was an industry that didn't seem to be very sophisticated in its approach to marketing. And with my sort of BMW experience, I was told if you really want a challenge, you should go and do marketing and financial services. So I bravely set up an agency and turned up at a few of the life companies and won the pitch. So I worked for Legal and General Investment Management, uh, SWIP, SOCGEN, and then later met my uh, present partner at Newstar when I was invited to do the marketing there. So a clever, well-informed marketeer in a very, very specialised area, and of course your own sense of energy uh, and all those other things. And yet, to set up your own business, not everyone would have done that, because you, you may have ticked all the other boxes and just said, oh, I'll just go in-house and do something. Why did you set up your first business then? I wanted to do something which it meant that I could do a number of things. Firstly, I wanted to be able to employ staff and teach and mentor young women in particular. So a lot of the staff that I employed at the agency were female. But also, I wanted to bring a sense of simplicity to what we did, because a lot of the marketing and a lot of what was coming out was very difficult for people to understand. And I thought I was a good translator. And the people I wanted around me were very creative at doing that. So I love the creative spirit, but I also liked creative thinking. Hear much more from my creative thinker, Gina Miller, my business shaper today. Time for some music. This is Quincy Jones and Ain't That Peculiar. That was Quincy Jones and Ain't That Peculiar. Gina Miller is my business shaper today, and I touched on it earlier. She is a woman of many, many talents, set up her own business way back in 96, and since then has done many, many things. And, and Gina, you, you mentioned before this notion of simplicity in an obfuscated world, in a world where actually everyone said, no, no, it's far too complicated. You don't understand what I do. That notion of simplicity and clarity, is that, has that been important since then? I, I imagine it has it been. It drives true. everything that I do and I believe in because I think people hide um, behind complexity. They also create a lot of um, disharmonies behind closed doors. So opacity can hide a number of things. It can hide levels of fees and charges that uh, people don't know they're paying. It can hide products that actually don't deliver what it says on the tin. And very importantly, it can create this misalignment between the consumer and the person who's actually selling a service or product to you. So I really don't see any place in modern society for complexity, because if you have transparency and simplicity, that light can really disinfect what you're offering and realign the consumer and whoever's offering the service. And that's very much what I bring in every part of my life. And a couple of years ago, in fact, you went even further. You're like one of those people that said, well, I thought this, and then I thought everyone else should think it too. You created the True and Fair campaign back in Jan 2012, essentially doing what you just described. Is that right? Yes, because we started a new modern type of investment company after the crisis in 2009, SEM Private, because we felt that the industry hadn't really innovated and changed for decades. And in the low return environment post-crisis, what we needed is something that really could deliver better to investors and savers. But we really couldn't find anything. I'd retired by, my, by that time, so had my husband. We had this pot of money and we thought, if we could design the perfect company for ourselves to invest in, what would it look like? 
So we went ahead and did exactly that, put our own money in it, and now we invite people to come along and invest with us. But what we find is that what we do is not what other companies do. So we can go out there and tell complete truth on what we're investing in and how much we're charging. But if nobody else is, there's no uh, level playing field. And how can there be more entrants like ourselves? There needs to be more competition in the market. But that isn't going to happen if there isn't a fair game going on. So that's why we launched the True and Fair campaign. And we're also going to talk about uh, ETFs. That's right, you heard it here first here on Jazz FM. ETFs, that's exchange traded funds. And we'll find out what those really mean. That's coming up after the latest travel on that's coming up after the words of wisdom you're about to hear from our programme partners at Mishkondorea for your business. My name is Andrew Remington and I'm a corporate partner at Mishkondorea. Uh, very often, uh, the key uh, component that makes deals uh, last the test of time is when you start a transaction with trust and credibility on both sides. Very often, people will um, be very reluctant to disclose the key issues that are relevant for them. But I find that actually having a very forthright discussion at the outset of a meeting can help set the ground rules very early on. But let me give you an example. If a transaction has both strengths and weaknesses, and let's face it, what doesn't, which should you deliver first, the strengths or the weaknesses? Surprisingly, the answer to that is that if you have weaknesses to disclose, uh, our body of evidence suggests that actually by uh, empathising with the other person's position and identifying that there are concerns that they may well have as a legitimate third party, by addressing those issues first shows not only trustworthiness and credibility in negotiations, but also shows that you have empathy towards their position. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM, in partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. You're listening to Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss, every Saturday morning, 9am on Jazz FM. If you've missed any shows, you know where to go. That's iTunes, put in the words Jazz and Shapers. You may even hear us on a British Airways flight at some time in the near future. Um, and in fact, you can also hear us on cityam.com and ft.com. There's no excuses. Gina Miller is my business shaper today. And she is the, an entrepreneur. She's a campaigner. And she has been behind the, the drive, if you like, to simplify and make fairer uh, the whole notion of charging uh, in the world of investments and the like. I just want to pick up on the, the conversation we were having before around your, your own business. And there is, and many people won't have heard of this, not at this side of the pond anyway, just in a, in a nutshell describe what an exchange-traded fund is, because actually it's incredible for someone like me, a consumer. It's a product that is incredibly efficient when it comes to savings, and it does empower the individual because it offers you transparency and complete transparency on holdings and on price, which is very unusual in the investment world. And because of its pricing structure and the way it works and the liquidity it offers, and the diversification it offers, you actually can lower your risk. So it's an opportunity to invest in a low-cost, efficient product at a tolerable risk. Now, you've just described that, and it's very clear, and I understand it. A lot of, again, if simplicity is one theme for you, education sounds like another one, because some of the things that, I, that, that you have gone and created, the number one ladies' investment club, um, just to name but one of them, it seems to be underpinned by this thing to say, listen, you can all get this. It's really important that you're in the know. 
Is that a fair comment? I think unless people have knowledge and have understanding, they won't be empowered to make better choices. So it does underpin most of what I do. It's not about us being the only company doing this. There should be lots of companies doing this. But how are people going to vote with their feet and walk away from the big brands who dominate, be it the investment world or as you mentioned earlier, the charitable world, the philanthropy world, is we have domination from big brands who make things very complicated. So I'm very much a champion to make things understandable and simple so therefore you can make a better choice. Where does that come from, though? Is there something in your own childhood? Are there, is, are there, have there been people in your life that have said, listen, Gina, these things are important. It's important that people understand. It's important that people are empowered. I mean, where does... Not everyone feels like that. People will go through life and they'll just say, well... They don't know, they don't know. And other people have the opposite reaction. I think I'd put it um, down to my grandmother if any, um, from Peruvian stock. It's, it's a very matriarchal society. The Incas were a very matriarchal society. And uh, they believed our duty was to teach and to teach the next generation and to pass on lessons. And I grew up with my grandmother telling me that every day of my life. Your duty is to teach others. Well, there you go. And if you had that in your ring in your ears every day, I imagine you'd become an educationist. Lots more coming up from Gina. Time for some music in the meantime. This is Cannibal Adley and Humba Nami from the 1968 album Accent on Africa. That was Cannibal Adley and Humbanami. Gina Miller is my business shaper for a little bit longer, not massive, so I'm going to try and squeeze in some hopefully important questions. You mentioned philanthropy. Philanthropy is a big part of what you do. Again, if, if, you're, if it was your um, grandma from Inca Stock talking about education, where is this desire to give back and to share and to help people? Where's all that come from? I think as far back as I can remember being a little girl, I couldn't walk down the street and see another little girl who was crying and didn't have anything. It's always been part of my personality. There's this uh, debate, nature, nurture on philanthropy. Some people have empathy and are born with empathy. Um, it's not something I discovered. I've always thought this way. And to me, philanthropy and charity has never been about money. It's about everything I do. It's about saying thank you. It's about giving your seat up. It's about the way you live your life. And that's something I've always seen and done and practiced. So to me, not to be charitable seems odd rather than being charitable. And just to help me understand a little bit about what you actually do in, 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 to, to, as you said, to reach out and to, uh, and to connect with people and to show great empathy, which is essentially what's at the root of it. I think there are incredible people out there, talented people who wake up every morning and their first thought and last thought is to help others. And they tend to work in small dynamic charities at the fringe of society, but they don't get a lot of support. They're not always sustainable. They, people don't know about them. So what we do is we act as an incubator, if you like, and take on those charities who are doing incredible transformational work. 
but really don't have any support. And we celebrate them, we create awareness around them, we help them become sustainable, and we learn from them because they have lessons to teach all of us. Um, I worry every day when I see these people that if they're not supported, they disappear. There's something like 38,000 small charities that could disappear without support because of the domination of the big brands. And if they go, the fabric of society will, will suffer. So my aim in what we do at Miller Philanthropy is to find those charities who, if you went down to see the work they're doing, it would pierce your heart. It's extraordinary. Support them, because without their support, we don't have a society for tomorrow. We'll have our final chat with Gina, plus play a track from Gil scott Heron. That's after the latest traffic and travel here on Jazz FM. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM, in partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. That was Gil Scott Heron and Lady Day and John Coltrane. Gina Miller is my business shaper just for a few more precious minutes. And Gina, um, you were talking before about helping these 38,000 charities that, or that could disappear tomorrow. Just give me a couple of examples of the sorts of work that they do and why these charities are in mortal danger. Okay, if I give you an example of one charity called Amber Trust, they are dealing with children who have complicated needs um, and they have found that music, in whatever spectrum of learning disabilities or blindness, the music is a key. But that is accepted that music is a key. They want to find out why music is a key. So this charity is looking at brain mapping and looking at how we can unlock the brain and help the other thing they're doing is that you can find that lots of, cha- of, of children who are disadvantaged and can be helped by music come from lower socioeconomic backgrounds, so they can't afford musical instruments or the lessons. So what the charity does is it trains teachers to go into the schools, it funds musical instruments, and also it's developing software, a software program called Sibelius, which can actually help children. So this is a charity of four or five people, started by a professor at Roehampton University, who's turned out to be at the forefront of his game globally. Um, And they're funded by four or five people doing extraordinary work in numerous schools around the country. Nobody's heard of them. If um, someone's listening today and they have a, a charity, um, what would you and and they thought, you know what, I, I, I'm not that charity, but I'm doing something incredibly important. I need funding. I need help. I need advice on the way we're structured and so on and so forth. What would they do? Is there a website they can go to, for example? Well, we. The sad thing is, we are one small foundation. Since we started in 2009, uh, we've had over 3,500 applications. And we've reached the point now where we actually have closed our application process. And what we do is proactively go into the community and find charities who are dealing at trends we're hearing. For example, this year, we're very worried about what's happening with gang cultures and what's happening with the elderly, isolated elderly. So those are two things that we're going to focus on this year. Because if you have a swathe of young people who are feeling completely disenfranchised in society, they won't belong to us. They've taken a step over to the dark side, which is gang culture. And we need to bring them back to our side so that they feel 
um, as though they're part of society and can contribute to society. And also, when you the elderly don't pull at the heartstrings so much. But the data that we're seeing is that in the estates, you can find three times as many isolated young people, uh, sorry, elderly people as young people. And how can we disrespect our elderly like that? It's not something that I understand. Um, and I think because we have such an elderly population projected for the future, we need to do more. So this, these are our, those are our two focuses for this year. Um, we're interested in trafficking. We're interested in domestic violence. Um, minky whales up in, <laughs> believe it or not, up in Scotland, because there are species there that are found nowhere else in the world. So we're looking for those charities that really find it very difficult to find to get funding anywhere else. And just, I guess I must ask this question. You're, you're talking about really big issues. You're helping all these charities. You're, you're doing all the educative stuff. You're also um, still investing and have a business. Yes. How do you do it all, Gina? I'm very blessed in that I don't sleep or need to sleep very much. I literally when you sleep. Say, well, how many hours do you about sleep? About four, four, five hours and a day. And you wake up and, and you feel great. And I feel great. Um, I work at night. Um, I can I can put my three kids to bed and go to the office at 10 and work till two. And I love it. I mean... I'm just, as I said to you earlier at the beginning of this interview, a total misfit, and I accept I am. <laughs> so. You are a total misfit. I must also add that she looks half her age, if she's indeed, if I believe the age she told me. So I don't know how you do it, but there's obviously some magic tea that you're drinking as well. <laughs> just before I let you go, what's your song choice and why have you chosen it? I've chosen Sway, uh, the original version. Being a South American, it's in my blood. But it's one of those songs that makes me smile every time I hear it. And the diction in it is just beautiful. Everything about this song makes me smile. Um, and it also was my wedding song. <laughs> there you go. Lovely. Well, I hope it makes you smile if you're listening to this as well. Gina, thank you very much for me, my, my business shaper. This is Rosemary Clooney and Sway. That was Rosemary Clooney and Sway, the song choice of my business shaper today, Gina Miller. Unbelievable intellect, a fan of simplicity, a campaigner, and someone who can literally do two days of work in one. Unbelievable. Join me again, same time, same place, for another edition of Jazz Shapers. That's next Saturday morning at 9 o'clock. In the meantime, though, please do stay with us. Coming up next, it's Nigel Williams. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM, in partnership with Mish Rea. It's business, but it's personal.